Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 313. I'm your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com, and we're excited to have with us the internationally acclaimed and talented creator of Cicada Apocalypse, Roger McMullen. Did I say that right? Cicada Apocalypse? Yep, Cicada Apocalypse. Cicadas and Apocalypse combined. That's right. You're a member of the Kids Comic Unite group, which is, you're also a very active member of Kids Comic Unite group. You've actually (laughs) done webinars, you've done videos there, and you're, you have been on this, this educational journey of really wanting people to learn more about cicadas. Yeah, periodical cicadas. So there's, you know, there's over 300 varieties of different cicadas throughout the world. Um, there's some really cool ones in the Philippines, especially uh, this really vibrant, like jade colors. But um, the the periodical ones are very unique in that they are they come out in mass, and so their only survival strategy they can't bite or sting or pinch or anything like that. There is literally just satiation, which which means Basically, predators just eat their fill until they cannot eat anymore. And there's just so many that they still survive. And so um, it's a pretty cool. And so it's very unique to the East and Midwest, a little bit of the South uh, of the United States. And so this is something that's been documented on BBC and lots of other like cool nature uh, history or, you know, nature documentaries. Mm. And so pretty cool phenomena. Uh, I was there in, uh, in DC area for Brood 10 uh, written brood X, but that is Roman numerals. Um, and so I was there in 2004 and it was pretty fantastic. And so then I, two years ago, I did, I went again, our family went out, we're in Utah and we went all the way out there, uh, to to go see the cicadas. (laughs) Do you want to give people a bit of background on this? Because it's now, as of this recording is it's a imminent Kickstarter that's going to be coming soon. Yeah. Yeah, so Kickstarter is coming soon. Uh, it launches October 13th. So that may, depending on when this is all released, that may be already out. So uh, <laughs> go ahead and jump on to Kickstarter for Skate Apocalypse. And uh, yeah, so the, the actual, the broods of cicadas or kind of families of cicadas, it kind of depends on geographic areas of when, mm. they, when they, wait, they come out. They typically are underground for 13 or 17 years, depending on the brood. And if you just type in the periodical cicada on Wikipedia, you'll find a big map that shows all the different years that they're out. But 2024 is a really big one. It's two different broods, it's, uh, 13 year cicadas. Um, and that's the um, in, more in the southern U.S. or southern mm. half of that U.S. Um, and then there is brood, sorry, that's brood 19. And they're 13 year cicadas. And then there's also brood 13, which is also confusing because of 13. Anyways, it's a 17 year cicadas. They're in the northern part. And that's mainly like Chicago area. So it's Illinois, a little bit of Wisconsin, um, and Iowa there, and a little bit of Indiana. And so all those will come out uh, all at the same time. And so it's like a pretty big geographic region that's coming out in 2024. And so for that, I'm really excited. Again, like um, in 2021, I made this. Cicadas Don't Scream, and I actually have the, the book right here. We made this activity book for kids, okay. and that was a lot of fun. It teaches a lot of educational pieces um, through comics, but also through, um, like, there's worksheets. There's, like, a, you can make, like, a little 3D cicada. There's a diorama you can make, cut out and make. So there's lots of really cool content there. I will post up some of that on the website 
um, that you were just on. And so in, in Brew 10, which is two years ago, 2021, right. there was, uh, I, we're, we're in the Baltimore and DC area for Brew 10. And there was just, I mean, one, people are really excited and also a little bit weirded out. Some people are really scared of cicadas. And so I took kind of took that fear of cicadas with Cicada Apocalypse, you know, that it's very like kind of a campy, like, ah, terror, horror movie. Um, and so taking that, so hopefully the people who are afraid will at least like look at it and be like, what? And this is how I feel. And then from that, we kind of go through this story and the, the spoiler alert, the, the uh, squirrels that are kind of the protagonists learn that, oh, wait, cicadas aren't terrifying. They're actually like great food for us and blah, blah, blah. It's not super heavy handed of um, educational facts. But it does kind of review those facts at the end of the book. And so trying to take, uh, I do have a little bit of educational background. And so trying to take that, um, the the excitement, the, ener- the energy, uh, <laughs> excitement and nervousness of uh, cicadas and transforming transferring that into kind of a, a positive <laughs> experience right. with them. Where did your passion for cicadas originate <laughs> from? Yeah, so uh, my dad collected bugs throughout our uh, insects throughout uh, my childhood, and I also kind of followed suit, always like turning over rocks. I remember like collecting entire jarfuls of like cr- crickets that we found underneath the, the thing. We had a praying mantis, kept praying mantis for a while. So there's lots of just like fun, uh, I think exploration. Insects are like the largest. I mean, there's the most insects as far as uh, animals go because they're usually at the bottom of the uh chain food chain mm-hmm. and so right. um so they're really worth like they're worth learning more about like i said like in 2004 when they came out that first time i was just really uh amazed by just the quantity like you look at like a bush and there's like cicada shells all over the entire thing normally if you are familiar with cicadas they the annual cicadas come out more like every year and okay. um and so those are out and about you see the cicada shells but it's usually like one maybe two on a tree and this is just like covers there's just shells everywhere and um and exuve is the uh, official name and so like they're exoskeleton so it's pretty cool uh, just the, the in mass of just how right. many there are i think and so you mentioned too that the show there are some annual cicadas as well are those like those would be like the, like we call them up here, like June bugs or something like that. Would those be considered part of the uh, cicada family? There are June bugs. June bugs are not, the, clo- the other closest one is like tree hoppers. Um, okay. If you've ever seen those. But June bugs are bigger. This is a podcast, but for those who are on the YouTube channel, you can you can see a little uh, periodical cicada right here. Here's my hand. They're about uh, an inch long, so okay. they're pretty small. Um, an inch, inch and a half. So, and then their wingspan is like three to four inches for like the actual, for normal size, these annual ones, they're more like, uh, two inches. They're a lot bigger and they're okay. a lot, <laughs> they're both pretty loud, but I think part for these guys, it's more just because they're in mass, there's, they're louder. <laughs> no, but what was specific about cicadas that, is it the fact that it's where people really love like the world cup or like the Olympics because it doesn't happen every year. So there's some sort of, yeah, there's so something some, about the fact that it's something to look forward to and it's planned almost or. Yeah. yeah I think like the fact that there's kind of an event uh, right. around it is pretty cool. 
Like I know, again, like I said, like when we were in Baltimore, there's lots of, there was a couple of different like cicada events, people who are making recipes. There's, you know, lots of artists capitalize on it. Baltimore, there was this really cool cicada burrito. They had made gigantic, um, like, uh, plaster of Paris cicadas and the artists all painted them. So there's lots of just like hubbub. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. For, <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. So there's just lots of things going around with like this, this thing. Right. <laughs> Do you see, is there a community of like cicada travelers or people that kind of like almost like the grateful dead fans would just like travel with them is that do you have you seen people that you recognize from going to different cicada events yes so i've gotten a little bit of a following with this with the uh, cicadas don't scream book not following but like uh i've just made a lots of really cool connections with like awesome people who are similarly nerdy um, yeah. and also there's even so on your point about the vacation like cicada cicada vacation um there are lots of or at least a handful of people like the washington post when brood 10 came out they posted an article about these cicada h cicadationers cicada vacationers <laughs> cicada i don't remember how they, they some weird term like that <laughs> but um yeah so it, it's a thing it's not just me being a weirdo there's lots of other weirdos and so another <laughs> there's another fun post from the washington post about like again like all these surprise okay so when i was trying to advertise the cicadas don't scream book um i was surprised to find like multiple not just one uh cicada groups like there's like a science one. There's like a, there's one where it's just like people who are like, I'm imitating a cicada. And then it'll just be like, ah, <laughs> just like scream. <laughs> Cause anyway, so it's just like silly, stupid, but also just awesome. And, and then there's like, again, like cicada art groups and whatever. So, and people like cicadas too. It's not just like, um, cool insect, uh, education, but also like, especially in Eastern culture, that like cicadas are kind of representative of like rebirth and resurrection and things like that. And so uh, you can, you know, buy them in jade and buy them in um, metal bronze and things like that. Right. So there's um, a couple of cool books about, about that kind of um, that feel. Right. So how, where did that, where did those number that, the, the number sequence. So where did the number sequence of that originate from? Yeah. So, there was a guy and his name was Charles Lester Merlot and in, and I might be pronouncing that wrong, but basically he mapped them all, mapped all the cicadas through like telegram and through like people just mailing in. And so he made a entire map of the U S and the areas that there are broods. And so there's 23 broods and there are one, two, there's two that have gone extinct since he mapped those. And this was in 1907. And so since then we've kind of clung to that, those broods and, Again, there's most of them are 17 year cicadas, but there are um, four years or four of them that are 13 year cicadas. Again, one of those is extinct. Okay. And so, super fascinating, super interesting. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, what would it, what would make what would make a cicada brood go extinct? That is a great question. I think there's lots of there's lots of speculation, and that's one of the things that like why I think these are. Um, understanding entomology and insects and things like that is so important. One of the things right. that has continued to, you know, it's like anything that has to do with nature and all that. It's like people building on top of the cicada environments, you know, they, they burrow underground or they burrow underground, they grow there. And so, you know, if you 
pave it or whatever oh, it is, right. then, you know, they can't get up. And so, or they can't get out in 17 years. And so there's that. Again, the other thing is like they're, they're only predatory, or like their predators have full reign on their lives. And so, again, they're only like tactic is satiation. So just they eat their fill. And so I, I imagine that that's pretty high risk for, <laughs> um, right. you know, being eaten easily. Right. So there's lots of speculation about like the, the, why is it 17 years? Why is it 13 years? And part of that I think is, again, a lot of the speculation is that it's like a prime numbers, why the broods come out at different times. And that's all just some kind of evolutionary way to avoid going extinct. How is it possible to find like a 17 year cicada, like before they come out, like how deep do they burrow? Like, how does that work? Yeah, totally possible. So you can, yeah. I mean, if you go in your, if you're in an area that has them and like, for example, if you saw brood 10 come out two years ago or whatever, if you dig in like a tree that, you know, had like tons of them climbing around, climb up, um, climb up your tree, you could probably dig. It's about six to eight inches and they're there. Um, they, they're just like in the like, right system. Yeah. So they, th oh, that's wow. how they feed. So they, uh, they basically suck sap for 13 to 17 years. They don't, they're alive. They just don't come out. They're still very much, they're not, they don't hibernate. Yeah. They're still very much alive. They're just hanging out inside yeah. the tree roots. Yeah. I mean, it's like a grub or any of those things. Like it's just like slowly growing, but it just takes a really stinking long time for these guys. So, so, so Roger, talk to us a little bit about your upcoming Kickstarter. What are, what are the, some of the things that, what are some of like the, 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 the reward tiers that you have planned out for your backers? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Will do. Yeah. So I'm uh, really excited about the Kickstarter because it's so obviously you can get the book, you can get the digital version of the book, et cetera, et cetera. But because I'm a super nerd, um, one, I was like, really excited about it being in Chicago. Um, cicada nymphs kind of match the shape more or less of the Chicago bean, also known as Cloudgate. So I modeled this after kind of the Chicago bean, trying to make it kind of that, that shape. So you can kind of see that here. And so you can buy that. That's one of the things that um, I've tried, tried to feature. I'm excited about it because that's just a cool shape. And um, again, kind of that, that it's 3D printing. That's always fun. A lot of libraries uh, allow you to do that. So that's one of the things. There's also um, a couple other things that I'm trying to put in there. What I'm most excited about is, aside from the book, is the Cicada Countdown subscription. <laughs> and that is so what that is is basically uh and part of the reason i'm launching now the book won't come out until may but one of the and which is around when the uh when the cicadas will emerge the reason i'm trying to do it now is that you hopefully will you know raise a couple of these things but the cicada countdown subscription basically in december you'll receive your 3d model you'll get a sticker you'll get a piece of art and a letter and also the digital copy of cicadas don't scream but um what is really cool is I've commissioned five artists, uh, really cool, talented artists, mm -hmm. to have um, these five pieces of artwork. And so December, you'll get like kind of like a big package to if you have a holiday that's around there, um, you'll have like at least that kickoff, and then it'll kind of tell you like, hey, there's more coming. So every month from that, you'll get mailed one of these art art pieces, so a five by seven of some cicada themed artwork, oh, and then. Cool. And also a letter from a character in the book. Right. And so, uh, you know, January, um, February, March, April, you'll get 
you know, artwork and a letter. And then in May, you'll get the book and the digital version of the book and probably another sticker. And so right. lots of little pieces and parts, but um, it's pretty exciting. And again, like the artists I picked are top tier. We've got like a cicada portrait. We've got um, cicada arrangement art and then a really adorable cicada from Sydney <laughs> Hansen. And anyway, just lots of really fun stuff. I don't have it on my Instagram yet because I've been holding out. <laughs> um, just been, yeah. So I, I'm excited to stuff, do that. And I will hopefully have that all up soon to kind of tease that out. If you right. don't subscribe already, go to mcmullenhouse.org. You can, can subscribe to my newsletter and uh, you'll get all the sneak preview stuff there too. Right. Newsletter. With putting out this book and then your previous one about cicadas don't scream. Did you do this for you because you love cicadas so much? Or did you do this because you wanted people to learn more about cicadas? Who was, who's the audience for this? Yes. Uh, the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's one, like I've always wanted to get into children's books. Bill Pete and was one of my heroes. He's a, a children's book author. Um, probably from way, anyway, bygone era. But uh, he's one of my favorites, but there's lots of, anyway, I wanted to get into children's books. And so this was just kind of like my intro of like, hey, you know what? Graphic novels are a really cool way to do this. Originally, the Cicada Don't Scream book, I actually wanted to be this book, but mm. I just didn't have the time to do it um, in time for Brew 10. And right. so I'm excited now. But, and we used to live in Chicago too. So it's uh, a good, it's a good mix. Right. The, are, because of these like uh, cicada vationers, I guess they're called. Like, are there people that are more prone to uh, to follow some broods than other broods, or are they just cicadas in general? Um, it doesn't matter what brood it is; we'll just follow all of them. Yes, there. I mean, there are like yeah, the cicada vacationers. That's l much less common than like people who are immediately impacted. So one of the things is that, again, you kind of have to follow that geographic push. So, you know, wherever the brood is emerging, people are going to be more inclined to, to be interested in, uh, in, the, in the book, in the, in the cicadas, right. which, you know, makes sense. And especially like for children learning, it's a great opportunity to talk about the world around them. It's like, they're like, what the crap? Why are there like tons of these like cicada shells um, like lining this tree? What's going on? And so right. the hope is that the book or the activity book or all the resources on cicadapocalypse.com kind of help answer those things and help um, satiate that curious mind. And, and so you put this book together where you, that you're, you obviously wrote Cicadapocalypse. Um, were you also the illustrator as well? Yep. Yeah. So I wrote and illustrated it. Uh, I do have someone who is helping with the coloring. Um, he's awesome. Lorenzo. I Lorenzo Palumbo, he is a fantastic colorist, and he is basically, you know, making all all the dreams come true, uh, as far as the coloring and shading and things like that. And so, talk a little bit about the story. We kind of hint about it. It kind of follows the protagonist of two squirrels. So, seeing seeing the perspective of cicadas through these two squirrels. So, what is the relationship between the squirrels, and how does that fit within the story of wanting the reader to learn more about cicadas? Yeah. So they're there are two squirrels. They basically wake up in spring about when the cicada, the cicadas, um, you know, emerge and their brother and sister Faye is kind of a prepper and she's really excited to start gathering, uh, nuts, acorns, things like that. Um, if you know anything about, um, harvest season, it's like, that's not going to happen until, you know, the fall, but she's really, a, she really wants to be prepared and be ready. And, um, 
Cyrus is kind of a foodie. He's really driven by just eating and, and making stuff. And so he is collecting ferns and mushrooms and um, different different things to kind of make make some more food with. And so they kind of go back and forth. And uh, then, you know, the cicada apocalypse happens. All the cicadas start to emerge and they're terrified of them. They think, you know, ah, this is the end. And so mm. Faye's excited because she gets to use all of her, you know, doomsday prepping stuff. And um, Cyrus is kind of annoyed and, and terrified. And But then, you know, spoiler alert, uh, they discover that you can eat them. Um, they run, bump into one of uh, Faye's prepper friends and realize, oh, and he says, or she says, basically, hey, you can eat these. They're great. And they're like, what? We've been running from these. Oh, man. And they go through a little um, Bubba Gump series of, um, you can fry them, you can boil them, you can whatever them. Uh, <laughs> and so they're really excited. And then it kind of like fizzles out. They, they make peace with it. And the cicada kind of closes. And then he, um, cicada nymph kind of closes out and says like, hey, you know, here's all the things you learned along the way. And uh, yeah, just wraps up the book. Wow. Oh, and so how, how big, how big is the book then, Roger? So it's about 90 pages, um, wow. just kind of finalizing those, those interior page covers, pages and stuff like that. So, so yeah, it's a, it's a pretty standard size or pretty common size for, you know, middle grade graph right. novel. So the story itself is around eight to 12 years old. Is that true? Is that what yep, it is? Yeah. Yep. That's right. Eight to 12 middle grade. Yeah. So, so yeah, late elementary school, middle, middle school. Right. A good age range. Um, I haven't planned anything uh, after this. This is kind of like the uh, let's see how my sanity goes, especially you know, kickstarting and everything like that. It's like you're the marketing, you're the book creator, you're the everything, uh, and so we'll see how we go. And and quite frankly, my my family is like, you know what? I think we're ready to be done. I'm like, that's fair. I'm ready too. And so <laughs> we'll see how. I have like a, a huge backlog of other ideas to, of, of also kind of STEM related or other otherwise uh, creative endeavors. And this is kind of like a sanity project. Like, you know, I have a full-time job. This is, this is just something I do in my free time in the evenings, just like between, you know, bedtime and every, all the other activities and things like that we're juggling. So direct quotes from my kids are <laughs> one that <laughs> stand out as one is dad i'm bored of cicadas <laughs> no, no, uh, again they're you know there's they're uh six and four and the one's like look i'm dad i love cicadas <laughs> but then other times they'll come up and they're like like one time i woke up and my my son <laughs> runs up to me and he says dad cicada apocalypse is going to be the best cicada book in the world Wow, thanks. So, <laughs> so it fluctuates our enthusiasm for cicadas. So. Right. Is there any specific qualities about each brood that, say, like the the amateur entomologist can tell by looking at them what brood they're from? Or is that almost too hard to tell? From broods, no, it's that's like purely geographic, and it's kind of arbitrary. Right. Again, that that marlet thing, um, but there are, confusingly, there's, uh, I think it's seven species within all of the twenty three broods. So oh, the wow. broods are kind of geographic. The species are are different, and so there's some um, people commonly know it as like the pharaoh cicada, uh, which is, again is a 
it's a species of periodical cicada, but they have like kind of stripes. If you turn them up on their backs, uh, again, cicadas are super docile. They're usually just like chilling on like a little plant doing nothing. And they'll like maybe make some sounds if you grab them. Um, but they'll, they'll and then uh, if you look on their little bellies, you can see they usually have like the, the feral ones have like orange stripes. And right. most and some of the other species are just like just black or anyway, there's some slightly variation of, of the markings. And so I'm curious about it because you did talk earlier about some people will will gather just and use like cicada shells for artwork. Um, and you did yeah. mention that some people will also use them in recipes as well. Yes. Uh, yeah. The cicada artwork is insane and really fun. Um, people will like spray paint them. I've seen some more like they'll spray paint them gold and they'll use them for different things. There's, um, there's a Asian singer. She actually like made kind of like a little crown in her hair. Um, there's people who will like piece them together and make like Mecha Godzilla or like crazy stuff like that. Uh, so those are all cool, but the, uh, eating. So I will, th one thing about the eating is, it, and there's, you know, if you go to Amazon, there's like, like entire recipes, uh, recipe books about eating with cicadas. I have not actually eaten them, surprisingly. Um, there's, okay. All right. Yeah. So again, like with the satiation and like with the, um, potential of, <laughs> of extinction, like what I, I want them to prolong their lives and, uh, humans don't need to be an additional part of that food chain. Uh, mm. I have been very curious and there's lots of like, again, like people say, oh, and also really quick, I will mention, and this is in the book too, but if you are allergic to shrimp, do not eat them because you'll okay. have an allergic reaction. But um, yeah, so I, I have mixed feelings because it's like, I'm very curious because people do eat them and supposedly they taste like shrimp, but also I'm like, I also don't want to like encourage that. Um <laughs> Again, food, humans in the food chain thing. Right. But if you do, uh, from what I've heard, they are best freshly molted. They kind of have like they're white and squishy, more like a larva. Um, and when, then once they, they harden after a couple of hours, they turn black and like, like you would normally see. Uh, and they are more crunchy and less appetizing then. <laughs> right. Uh, are there festivals where people are actually making cicada yeah. uh cicada food as well definitely yeah yeah so people will fry them though there's there's often like a high-end restaurants too they'll start to source them uh, mm. and put them on their menu i definitely expected that to see it in chicago um they have a couple of different expos for food and stuff but yeah yeah that that was definitely a thing in baltimore um and like if you look up cicada recipes you'll find lots of youtube videos and right. um amazon stuff so Roger, really excited for the Kickstarter. Um, so glad I've been, a been able to sit down and talk to you about this. It's so important, as you know, as we were saying earlier, about children being educated on the world around them, and just we are part of the world, and we it's really important for us to know what's happening in the world. And congratulations on the book! I can't wait to. Uh, sit down with our kiddos and, and check it out. And it's, it's the first time that I wished I lived Southern more South just so I can <laughs> enjoy the cicadas. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm really excited. Uh, you can always be one of the cicada vacationers. That's um, right. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm really excited. I think there's definitely some, some huge opportunities there to, you know, educate and learn uh, together. And again, like I'm trying to, trying to host a couple of different events um, in Chicago and, and other areas that are having these and working with a couple of different people. 
to make those things happen. And again, also having lots of content on the website, um, everything from like treasure hunts to, um, again, like worksheets and, and different educational pieces on, on the website. So even if you don't purchase the book, I'll have lots of stuff, everything from like making cicada cupcakes to, uh, my, my son and I want to be, he's going to be a cicada nymph and I'm going to be a full cicada for Halloween. So, um, <laughs> lots of nerdy cicada themed things happening. Right. Perfect. Well, great. So yeah, so definitely check it out. We'll put a shit. We'll link in the show notes on the, the Kickstarter page. Um, and also put a link in the show notes as well on uh, Roger's website. So perfect. Well, thank you so much, Roger. It's great talking to you. Yeah. Thanks so much, Brian, for having me on here. This is awesome. So where 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 do you where are you at? You're in you're in Central I'm in Utah. Time. So That's right. I'm in Utah. So I'm, oh, you're in Mountain six, Time. Oh, geez. Yeah, Mountain. Yeah, so it's only like six thirty here. So. Mountain Time is like totally like it's like I, the the few people I've had on my show they're on Mountain Time. It's just like I feel so bad for Mountain Time people. It's because it's like everything's either like two hours late or just like one hour early, and you just can't really. You know, there, nobody ever, nobody really thinks about mountain time when it comes to, you know. Yeah, it's especially bad for like socials because it's like by the time I'm, you know, awake and going and thinking about it, it's like, oh, the time has kind of already passed. Like that was like at six or you know four a.m. my time. So, uh, but it's all good. Well, yeah, but it's, uh, a part of me. A part of me wishes I was like on the west coast or even like even in mountain time. Because all the East Coast folks are like, because when I did I did my when I did my Kickstarter and I was like I was talking about like I just can't like was it? yeah we're gonna start recording at ten p.m. I'm like I'm I got like three kids like that's I'm in bed by ten what do you mean now I have to stay up <laughs> till midnight. Uh.